appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, hey, happy to be on with you. By the way, my, my last name is pronounced Whiteman, but it's, oh. I've been dealing with that all my life. Don't well, worry about it. I, no, I apologize, and we won't forget that, I promise you. Um, no worries. So no sh- worries at all. Chicago uh, um, signing Morozik. Some people were surprised just because of the goalie market. Um, what what are I I know that Chicago's signing guys maybe for a little higher price than people expect them to be signed by. But I also watched the Edmonton Oilers struggle when they could not get free agents to come here in 2011. Is that kind of what why this is happening in your opinion? They want to make sure that they've got the infrastructure for young players to be able to to succeed and to flourish. I think you're dead on with that. Peter has expressed an interest in being a part of the rebuild with the Blackhawks. Uh, going all the way back to the beginning of last year. He looked at the situation. He knew that they were not going to be a higher-placing type of a team as far as the standings were concerned. So he knew that, you know, he he might play an integral role in, you know, helping to get the team headed in the right direction. And so this goes way back to last year. Well, you fast-forward to this year, He's been, in my opinion, a very solid goaltender for the Blackhawks. Uh, kept them in most of the games that he's played. And he wanted to be a part of the future going forward, not just last year and this year, but, you know, the upcoming uh, years. He signed, obviously, a two-year, uh, two-year contract. And past that, who knows? But, you know, the way Peter has played and the way he has comported himself within the team, the way he's supported his teammates, he's taken on a leadership role in the dressing room. Uh, I think he feels like he could be a really good fit for this team going forward. And when you consider the likes of Connor Bedard, the top pick in the draft, and possibly uh, in the upcoming draft, I mean, if they're the, if the Blackhawks finish in the bottom three, you're looking at one of the top three picks in the draft. And I'm not going to speculate as to who they would take, but you're looking at a future that's, I believe, quickly going to turn into uh, a scenario where you've got a very competitive team here. Uh, right now, you, you can't look through the forest and see that happening. But uh, down the road, I, I just really believe that that's going to happen for this team, and I think Peter really wants to be a part of it. So the next question is, because fans are, are all after some kind of trade opportunity or option, and the assumption was that Morozik was, was you know going to be there, uh, anybody else that, that maybe is being rumored to, to either be traded or, or shopped that they could trade before the deadline, or is everybody else in play? Well, you know, it's funny. that That's something that we talk about among the broadcasters. Troy Murray, a, a, a man from Edmonton, mm-hmm. he and I get a chance to talk about that a fair amount. He's my partner. I love the guy. He's a terrific guy. And, uh, you know, Darren Pang is on the TV side, and we sometimes will sit in the back of the bus and we'll – chat about you know who could be going who could be coming uh what team needs what that kind of hockey talk goes on you know in taverns and restaurants and homes all over really all over the world but as far as it applies to us as concerned i think that peter you know you mentioned peter morassic his name is off that off that list now because he signed the extension uh however if a team were to come along and blow the blackhawks out of the water with an offer of like so let's say three first round picks and a couple of prospects in place for in exchange for Peter Morassic, I think the Blackhawks would certainly listen. But insofar as the rest of the list is concerned, uh, there are several guys that you know could be considered for that kind of movement coming up, and um, it it's kind of hard to pinpoint who from the roster would be in a position to where you know that they could make that happen. But 
Uh, I look at I look at some of the veteran players on our team. Nick Foligno just signed a two-year extension. Jason Dickinson find, signed a two-year extension as well. Uh, you know, you've got I'm not going to name any names, but you've got some veteran defensemen on this team and a few veteran forwards that could be in that mix. So. Uh, I didn't really give you much of an answer there, but I know that there's been talk going on. I know that the Kyle Davidson and Norm McIver, the uh, general manager and assistant GM respectively, have been working the phones, and you know, just any day we could see something. John White have been joining us from WGN Radio. I can tell you honestly, <laughs> if I had any kind of an arm at all, I could throw a rock to Troy Murray Arena from my house, but I don't. It's it's not <laughs> it's not that far. But you're right; he is a legend here. Uh, absolutely a legend. So you're, you're lucky to be able to chat with him every day. Uh, I, I know for fans of the NHL, uh, Bedard's injury is, is really unfortunate. And, and I can only imagine from a Chicago Blackhawks fan point of view, it's doubly or triply. So he's such an entertaining player. And the play, you know, I, I, I keep online, I kept seeing people say, you know, keep your head up, kid. But the, the, the league is so fast and he is such a brilliant player. Um, it, it's, it's, it's the same thing happened to McDavid when he was a rookie. It's unfortunate. These are brilliant young players. And I know that, that, that he'll recover and he'll have a wonderful career, but it really is too bad when, when he goes down. And now, I mean, I still think he'll win the Calder, but it, it came at an inopportune time for Bedard and for fans. It really did. And, you know, I'm going to defend Brendan Smith, the guy that hit him right here as a Blackhawks broadcaster. You know, some broadcasters for teams are inclined to say, this guy hurt our guy, so he stepped over the line and whatever. No, you know what? Brendan Smith finished his check on Bedard. It was a clean hit. It was shoulder to chin. Uh, I don't think that Brendan Smith's intent was to disable Connor Bedard. It just happened in the process. And, yeah, a broken jaw. And if you take a look at that replay, you'll see Connor Bedard look down at the puck momentarily, and that's when the hit took place. Mm-hmm. Ordinarily, Connor Bedard's, Connor Bedard's head is up the entire time, and he's viewing the ice as he carries the puck. Well, in this instance, that's what happened. So uh, fast forward. Now he's out of the lineup. He's going to be out until, I believe, mid to late February. I don't see him playing in the all-star game. He may go just, you know, for publicity purposes. But, uh, you know, insofar as his future is concerned, I personally am very happy that it was a broken jaw instead of a concussion. Yes. Okay, so, uh, you know, you're talking about his value to the team and to the league. You don't need a player that young being concussed and then having to deal with that. As far as the attendance is concerned at the United Center in Chicago, you know, when Connor, when we received the first round pick, the first pick in the draft, I should say, everybody knew it was a fait accompli. It was going to be Connor Bedard. And within hours, the season tickets for the Blackhawks, the, the, the number of ticket commitments uh, was just off the grid. I couldn't, I couldn't even begin to calculate it, but it was in the millions that, tickets were sold because fans knew that they were going to be supporting a future superstar and watching uh, the beginning of this team coming back and and trying to get back to the greatness that they had uh, really from 2009 until really, I'd say about 2017 with three cups in between. Um, So, but with Connor out of the lineup in the last couple of home games, I've noticed that there have been some empty seats and I would believe that the people that, were going to be in those seats had either tried to give them away with no success or just simply didn't go. 
and those seats remained empty. However, when Connor comes back, and I think it's going to be late February, I think the United Center is going to fill back up. We're going to see more exciting hockey that he will produce, I think, right to the end. I think he still has an opportunity to win the Calder Trophy as the NHL's top rookie. Uh, but it's my it's my great hope that he just finds his health, gets back into the lineup at his time, and take it from there. John Wideman, our guest from WGN Radio. So when you're calling tonight, and and we just saw Columbus play very well against Edmonton. Uh, mm-hmm. They were outmanned, but they, they really gave a scare to Edmonton. Is that kind of what the, the Blackhawks will be looking to do? They know that they're outmanned. Uh, they know that now is not their time, but any given, any given you know, Thursday. Well, you know what? Luke Richardson, as you know, is a former Edmonton Oiler. And I think he's turning into a terrific NHL head coach. Um, and he has the guys on board with the notion of working hard every single game. No shifts off, no periods off, no pulling the chute. And that's the system that, you know, he's, he's got them, or the thinking that he's got them bought into, which is a good thing. So they come to every game, they work hard. What's, what's really been kind of a struggle for the team this year is goal scoring. And, um, you know, the power play hasn't been that, that great um, earlier in the season, by the way, when the team was healthy and they had Taylor Hall, another former Oiler, and they had Corey Perry playing. Uh, they had a decent power play. They were a little bit of a threat to NHL teams. But with those two guys out of the lineup and then we've had an assortment of injuries and taken out, get this, the, the number of games collectively of the seven gentlemen that are injured and i call them gentlemen because they're all good guys to me uh but of the seven blackhawk players that are injured you compile all of those games of experience it's 3700 over 3700 games of experience so what's happened to the blackhawks lineup is the guys that normally are on the sidelines or maybe down in rockford in the american hockey league they're getting an opportunity to play at the nhl level but you have a mixture of guys that belong in the NHL and some guys that probably are better suited to be in the American Hockey League playing on an NHL roster against the likes of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and, uh, you know, uh, Evan Bouchard. Uh, I could throw in a bunch of names there. So you can see how the scales are tipped a bit. But the way these players go into every game, opponent notwithstanding, is we're going to work hard, we're going to make these guys beat us by working hard if they beat us they beat us i don't think the expectation is there for them to win but they're going to work as hard as they can as tirelessly as they are able and try to beat an opponent they've lost they've lost 18 straight on the road okay 18 straight they haven't won since november 9th down in tampa on the mom's trip okay and Connor bernard had a four-point night that night um but you know they're they're working toward the end of that streak. I know the Oilers, it could be 15 in a row for them. And by the way, I'm going to throw this out there for longtime Oiler fans. I know I've gone on here a bit. That I remember the Oilers from the 80s, and they were, in my opinion, the greatest team of all time, that 84-85. Amen. And, and Mark Spector would back me up on this. Yep. The 84-85 Edmonton Oilers, for my money, were the best team in the history of the National Hockey League. This team that's currently playing for the Oilers right now, they're in position to win 15 in a row. 
didn't that team or any of those teams back in the 80s win this many games in a row? I'd be shocked to find out that they didn't. Well, they were they they had ties and they had uh, they had road trips that were fun. We'll put it that way. Uh, one final one for <laughs> <laughs> one final like one that. for you. Um, uh, Vlasic, uh, I, whenever I watch the Hawks, I'm just, I'm just blown away by this is a maturing player, and maybe people aren't noticing, uh, but this is an interesting hockey player, and I think they've got one here. I would totally concur, and you know, you'll, you'll get a hundred, you'll get a thousand percent agreement from my partner, uh, Edmonton St. Albert native Troy Murray, about Vlasic's play. Uh, of all of the Blackhawk defensemen, he has stood out the most and most often. Um, not only is he defending well, he's using his size and his reach to poke check and to uh, kill plays. Take the, he'll take the puck sometimes, and when you would expect him to make that good first pass out of the zone to a breaking winger, he might instead skate it. And he's got this deceptive speed. And it's funny watching him as he carries the puck through center ice. You can see the speed picking up. And he becomes almost like this, and I, this is maybe a, a, an inaccurate characterization, but like a runaway freight train. And, and then, then the opposing defenseman, if the opposing defenseman is, is smaller and has to try and outmuscle this guy, chances are he finds himself losing a step to Vlasic, who then takes the puck to the net or takes it in behind and creates offense. His confidence level has gone from, I would say, average to start the season to way above what everybody else's is. And he's really a pleasure to watch. He's a great kid to deal with. He's from the Chicago area. And he's going to be part of that core going forward that's going to help this team back to prominence, no doubt. John, thank you for this. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight.